Are my levels good? Levels, levels? Levels, levels. Okay. But are they good? Are the levels good? I don't know, <laughs> man. It, look, it never is immediate. <laughs> what do you mean? The problem is never immediate. I have to wait for you to settle in. Stop moving the desk. Desk doesn't move. Well, I mean, this desk does move up and down, but I've got a boom arm, so that's not a, that's not a problem anymore. I have been anymore. meaning to ask you about your office. <laughs> Uh, what do you what do you mean? <laughs> well, I've had it as a note in my in my personal private cortex notes. Okay, that you made reference to many episodes ago now about resetting up the office. You painted it blue, right? Yeah, and that you were finding desks and stuff. Yeah, and I just wondered <laughs> if that has settled. Well. I mean, I thought it had, but then I've, I've also decided I need to rearrange everything again. But it's right. It's so that it's was sort of horrifically yeah, unsuccessful. Then <laughs> no, it's success. No, no. How dare you? It was successful because we're closer to uh, you know an ultimate perfection here, but you know not not there yet. But I also need I need to check levels levels with you because in addition to moving around desk stuff all the time, I've I've all, I also have different audio recording stuff every time and so this is why i just wanted to make sure like why would you have different audio recording stuff every time why well, because because of, you're always trying out new things no you, know, you tell me you tell me to buy stuff and i was like okay i get the boom arm and that's new right and what else is new you know you complain about that i have the second recorder and so you know i do stuff differently then to try to satisfy you and and uh you know just make everything make everything sound good so just see, look you got different equipment sometimes you don't know how it sounds and that's why i wanted to check out that the levels levels like are good is the way that you purposefully obscure all the facts that i want <laughs> so you say oh i'm doing things differently and i say right what are you doing differently and then you say a bunch of stuff that i already know like and you say oh right i get the recorder and i do that differently you know and then just move on when you right. know that the piece of information i want is if you're doing something different with the actual recording i want to know that part Oh yeah, no stuff's different with the ac the actual recording. Of course, that's different for sure. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'm I'm still using my I've got my trusty which what is it called here? Let me here let me let me pick up all the delicately connected stuff so I can oh. read the names of it again. So, I'm, all right, so I'm still using my uh, Rode A1 or AL one Al one interface that I know you love so much um, because it was re recommended to me as an excellent recording travel, travel interface. And so yes, I love it. It's great. I've got that. That's still going into the computer. That's good. But the thing that you didn't like where I was, oh, I had like a separate backup recorder. Mm -hmm. So now what I'm doing is I've got a splitter going from the XLR cable from the microphone that splits my audio going to the AL1 road recorder, which goes to the computer. And then the other half of the splitter is going toward a Zoom F6 recorder that I got. Mm -hmm. And so that is now the backup because my understanding is if I mess up the levels levels so that I'm peaking or that I'm too quiet, the backup recording from the F6, it's got more bits in it. So I should be able Jeez. to always salvage Wait, that. <laughs> what? What yeah, did you just say? There's more bits. There's more bits in the F6 Zoom recorder. It's more bit color right. depth, you know, like in an no, image no, no. where it's no, ten I bit know. versus eight I know, bit. I know what you. I know what you're saying, right? Okay, good, because I don't know what I'm saying. 
well, okay. I don't. I know you are saying a thing that exists. Maybe right. that helps you. But my point is, like, even though I don't know if the thirty-two bit float recording is beneficial, right? If your levels are wrong there, they're still wrong. If you're too, if you're too loud, you're too loud. Like that's it's unsalvageable. You know. No, I think it's fine. I think it's right. fine. I think that's what the F6 does. I don't really know this equipment, and I'm looking at it, and as I'm looking at it, thinking, this is way too complicated for you, and I don't know what led you to this. <sighs> okay, so look, uh, so I just, I can't make you happy, Mike. You don't no, like okay, my, so you me, don't like my Al1 recorder because it's too simple, credit. and you, you don't like the F6 because stop, it's too complicated. Stop. You deserve credit, okay? <laughs> you deserve some credit in uh-huh. that. You have finally created the bones of a backup recorder that I'm happy with. The idea of taking your microphone and splitting it, which is something I didn't even know you could do. So that does make me a little nervous, but nevertheless... I, I, as a system, if you, if you demand to use two hardware recorders for your backup, taking the actual microphone is good because usually you're just like, oh, I've got a microphone under a book in the corner. (laughs) And that's what I'll use, right? Which is pointless. (laughs) But so that I will give you the credit for that. But now I want to come back to, I'm looking at this Zoom F6 product page. Yeah. And I don't know why you have this very specific piece of hardware where literally every single image on their product page is sound people on shooting sets using this. Yeah, well, I mean, it has six XLR inputs so that if I invite six people over to my house, which has literally never happened, I could record each of them on a separate oh setup. With- right, but again, Zoom do <laughs> other products that are much more user-friendly that also huh. have six or four or however uh, many xlr inputs you want they're field recorders I'm, uh, as i'm talking as i was just laughing there i'm looking at the f6 recorder and i can't tell if i'm peeking or not on it i don't know you I'll see to- what i'm <laughs> saying <laughs> who told you to buy the f6 well because like i told me to buy it but so i'm looking How at did it you now find that but there's two there's two places where it's displaying the input mm. I don't know how to I don't know how to explain this. You got like two meters? Yeah, there's two meters. Like I'm recording on channel four. Right. And it shows Why? channel four. Why would you choose four? Would you just look, can we just move past that? Okay. Don't worry about it. I'm recording on channel four. And the channel four little line is going up to like minus twelve, which I think is what you're supposed to aim for. Um I really hate everything that has to do with audio or like, oh what what's the, how does the volume work? Oh, volume goes from minus forty eight to zero. Right, but great, you see. What I like about the the hardware that I use is it shows okay. me this in lights. Yeah. Green, amber, red. Yeah. Does this have those? Uh, no, but the the Rode Al One has green. Yeah. Like when I'm talking now, it's green. Sure. And if I laugh, it goes yellow. Yeah. And then if it's too loud, it's red. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. So why do you now have something that's giving you minus twelve? No, would you, why okay, did you choose so that? No, it shows a. I don't know. Um, isn't that what <laughs> you're supposed you to aim for? Minus twelve. <laughs> <laughs> okay so listen listen you're, you're derailing you're derailing the point so when i'm talking into the microphone now because mm-hmm. also i know mike you want me to talk right in right into the right microphone, into the microphone. just right right it's against the microphone yep. uh <laughs> I, I didn't notice this before we started recording but so the channel four thing seems to be going to minus 12 but then there's also a left and right and a line 
indicator, and those seem to be going into red territory. If I laugh, and yes, I don't know which is the maybe this is maybe this is what it has to do with the extra bits that the four channel is the extra bits channel, and the left and right channel is like the traditional recording. So that if it was the traditional recording, it would be peaked. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I'll listen to it later, and I'm sure it'll be great. When we are done today, can you just send me the audio that comes from that thing? Yeah, sure. I'm just intrigued. So, again, I, I want to ask another question. Is this the first time you've used this? Uh, no, it isn't the first time I've okay. used it. It's okay. almost the first time almost. I've used it. <laughs> I says. turned it on once. <laughs> no, no, I was. Um, I did a test, the, the little stuff that I did... Um, where I read the, some some of the Halloween stories, uh-huh. I tested the this interface, this little split up thing. I tested with that. Okay. Mike, do you think I would I would test a brand new audio configuration for a for a live recording of Cortex? Of course I would, but I didn't do it this time. <laughs> I tried it. I tried it before with something else. <laughs> I still don't know why you have the F six though. Um, this is the thing I can't work out. It has more bits. There's more bits in the but audio recording, so again, you don't have I to w- think about peaks what? or like. Who? Here's here's like I don't I don't like I don't like having to worry about all the extra details, right? So it's it's why I like the Rode Al One because it's nice and simple, and then the F6, right? Or is it H6? No, yeah, it's the F6. The F6. I was reading about it, and it's like, oh, this one has more bits, so you don't ever have to care about the gain. Like, just plug in the thing and don't ever worry about the gain, and it'll be fine. The bits mm. will save you. So I was like, great. That's that's what I want. I, I don't mean, want to have to worry true, about something. It sounds great. I'm just. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not true. I've just never looked into the bits before. Yeah, I'm not saying it's true either because I didn't test it in any kind of rigorous yeah. way. I just got it and plugged it in, and and I'm just believing <laughs> and i'll send you the file and, yeah. and you'll be the one who gets to discover whether or not it's it's real but uh, uh, so i did run into a problem which i don't quite understand though which is i think splitting the audio has made my microphone way quieter so i had to buy one of those like cloud lifter things that boosts the oh boosts i don't the know volume. if you had to do that did you check if you had Phantom Power turned on? Uh, okay, so Phantom, yeah, Phantom Power thing, yeah. I, I was playing around with Phantom Power a bunch, but basically, yeah, it seems like I don't know. Splitting the microphone made the microphone way quieter. That makes sense, though. Why? Because is is half the volume going down one? Yeah, it's an analog signal. Oh God, it is. I guess it is literally an analog signal, isn't yeah. it? Okay, yeah. all right, that does make more sense then. <laughs> I forget that these XLR cables are actually analog signals. Yeah, we just we put them into digital converters, basically. I was, I was this one of these like facts I love. It's the headphone jack. Uh, if I want to say the headphone jack was invented in like 1880, it's some ridiculously old convention that the the standard size like headphone jack is. It's like Nintendo, right? It's from the 1800s. The headphone jack used to make playing cards. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. That's that's how that works. 1877. 1877 is the headphone jack? Yep. Yeah, see there you go. Okay, all right. Well then that then that makes sense. So, I wasn't crazy to realize I need one of these little I still don't know how it works or what it does, but one of these magic boxes that makes the microphone louder. So, that is new. That's new this time for the first time. I didn't use that when I was doing the test recording for the short stories that I read. So, Anyway, the, that's why I wanted to know if the level sounded fine to you, because it's a slightly new setup, see, and I, I think it's fine. It took us 10 minutes for me to find out what you'd really done. Mm-hmm. 
Because the cloud lifter is the thing I'm the most concerned about. What could go wrong? I mean, I sound good, right? It did seem a little noisy when I first put it on, though. <laughs> there have been many times where we are talking and you sound fine, but the file that you provide to me of our recording, mm-hmm. not fine. Hmm. You know? Well, everybody already knows by now if it wasn't fine, so it's not my problem anymore. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing, Mike? I'm uh, back in lockdown. Well, we both are, but I, I, I would assume that only my life really changed that much. Yeah, I, I mean, I I did hear that we're back in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, this This piece of information came to me through the grapevine. I was actually talking to my parents and they're like, oh, I heard, we heard lockdown is, is in the UK. Like what's going on? What are the new rules? What do you have to do? My response was, oh, I don't know. Like I don't leave my house anyway. I don't have any idea what I'm supposed to be doing or not be doing. So I know that there is lockdown, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I legitimately have no idea what the, what the deets are for this lockdown. So please, please inform me what, what are people allowed to do or not allowed to do? And how has that impacted your life? I'm not going to answer that question. It's Why? Not really. Because it's not important for the show, right? <laughs> like, oh, okay, you could go outside, but only one of a per- like it's not. No, but see, the pertinent thing is, I do really like how the lockdown rules seem to change in weird and small ways constantly, which mostly makes it very hard for people to comply. But how are things in your life, Mike? The way it's affected me now is I'm at home. I'm at home right now. Oh, okay. So you are not recording from Mega Studio. No. Hmm. Okay. Are you not allowed to go to Mega Studio? Unlike the first lockdown, the building is open. Okay. Okay. I feel like you're not answering my question there, though. The building no, no, is I'm open. No, I'm going to get to it. But the, okay. the, it, it's, I, th- I wanted to just lay that out. I was like, the last time I had no choice. Mm-hmm. Right? But also last time I hadn't started recording from there. Right. Now I've had a few months of being there every day doing all my shows from there um and this time they have decided not to close the building the building Mm -hmm. is open uh there are less people there of course um but i have decided that i will record all of my shows from home because I can. I, okay. This was the reason I left all the gear here, right? Yeah, this is the scenario that you were concerned about, right? Like yeah. you can't move everything into the office exactly. for this exact moment, yep. which has now occurred. What I thought would happen didn't exactly happen. And like, I thought that they would say like, from tomorrow, but like, you know, it was multiple days from announcing to it happening. So mm-hmm. I had multiple days of like trying to work out, do I need to bring anything and all that kind of stuff. Um, and effectively what I am doing is I'm over the lockdown period going to be going into the studio once or twice a week Okay. to do things that I can only do there. One of those things is Twitch streaming. So that's something I'm doing while I am there, but I also have just equipment and various things that are at the studio only that I didn't bring home. Hmm. So I'm going in. And also, you know, I do want to go in and make sure everything is okay. Right. Um, And just making sure that things are all good at the studio. What do you you mean by everything is okay? Like you haven't been burglarized? Is that what you mean? No, I mean, we have an alarm system for that. But it's kind of just like, you know, I have so much stuff there now. Like equipment Mm -hmm. 
and and you know, I just want I will feel better going in and just being like we're all good here, right? You know, <laughs> just, like I don't want to go I, I like there the... and find that there's been a leak, right? Okay, you okay. know what I mean. Like I I have like value in that building now, mm-hmm. so I don't want to just leave it for six weeks and come back and ev- and just make sure everything's good. You know what I mean? Yes, I I just enjoy the mental image that you that you painted here, where you go. How's everyone doing? <laughs> yeah, I want to go to the office and check that we're all good here, and Mike is talking to the room, and all of the various electronic devices are responding like, oh, hey, Mike, how you been? Yes, we're doing great, thanks. Everything's everything's perfectly fine. Look, if a Toy Story situation does occur at my studio, I do want to be there to experience it. Right, of course. And then the other big thing is, it's personally for my mental well-being... I want to be able to go and spend time there because I really value my time there. Mm. And I have noticed that now being back at home all the time is more difficult for me because I'm used to not being at home all the time again. So Mm. because the first time it was difficult, but now it's like a different level of difficult and everyone's dealing with their own stuff. Right. And I just want to state, right. Like I know that there are many people that have it way worse off than I do right now. Um, in, in different lockdown situations and stuff like that. Um, but just for me personally and how I am doing, I am finding it more difficult now to be back at home again because I was getting really into that flow of traveling to the studio, spending my time mm. there. I felt really productive there and I was getting stuff taken care of, coming home, and I was enjoying that split of home and office um and now it kind of has all felt like it's all melded back in together again and i don't feel as productive because like if i'm at the studio and i have a bit of downtime i occupy myself with some kind of project right but that's not the same at home i don't have those like projects there's no space for activities right (laughs) which is what i have at the studio and so you know, it's it, the the transition has been uh, has been pretty harsh. Mm. Um, luckily, I've had a very busy week this week. Yeah, tail end of last week sucked. This week has been much better. I've had a lot of stuff to occupy my time, um, so it's been more manageable. But just I've just made the decision that once or twice a week, I'm going to go and spend the day at the studio, do some things there, and then come back home again. So it's the re-collapse of the separate spaces that you're finding much harder this time. Yeah, because I'd gotten used to it and loved it, you know? Mm. Um, And then I had to pull it all back again. It's like a bit of whiplash, really. You were able to get a taste of what it is that you wanted, which is, oh, I have have the separate spaces, which was always the goal with your current domicile, Mm -hmm. that that office was going to be temporary. Like, you, you got a taste of... You know, we, we all went on the long journey with you of, of finding your office space and, and you've set up Mega Studio. And I guess it is a little bit like, oh, you, you got a present, but then it was taken away. And that, mm-hmm. that hurts more deeply than not having had it in the first place. Yes, so I get, I that get is it. exactly <laughs> it. So yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm transitioning back. It's like, I'm recording, we're recording this at a time when I'm feeling it the most. You know, like I would expect that I'm probably going to have a bit of a lull and I'll be okay in the middle. And then towards the end, I'll be like anxious to get back there again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and also, at the time that we're recording this, I haven't been back yet. Ah, uh, okay. So you haven't been back since the new lockdown started. No, no. So you know, it's it's just like it's a, it's just difficult. You know, it's just a shame because mm-hmm. I. I I was really in the flow. I was really enjoying it. I was loving that, like I was saying, like having that that space, that separation. So it just kind of like it's a bit like, oh man. But I look. I could go there every day if I wanted to. So my studio is open. Um, my travel is as good as it ever has been. Right. Like I, as I've mentioned before, like my path to get into the studio is very socially distanced. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like. I want to live in the spirit of the law here. You know, like we're being yeah. told to stay at home. So I'll do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, in total fairness, if the rules are you shouldn't go into work unless you absolutely have to, you don't absolutely have to Mm-mm. go into work. You can, you can work from home, which is what you're doing mm-hmm. right now. And that is the idea that it's a lot of people making decisions on the margins that, you know, none of them individually have a huge effect, but in collectively, they all increase the chance of spread, even if, even if like all of those travels are individually socially distanced. So that does make sense. Um, that does make sense that you would, you would stay at home because that is, that is the correct thing to do following the, the lockdown rules. But, um, yeah, I, I also, I can easily imagine that for a lot of people, the timing of this is also, you know, it's, we're, we're in that time of year where the sun just disappears mm-hmm. from the UK. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's always like an extra little kick in the shins mm-hmm. uh, for, for this time is like, oh, we had the daylight savings time change. And so suddenly the sun is going down at... 4.30 in the afternoon and also, uh, you know, you're supposed to stay inside all the time and, and it's like, yep. that's, that is, that is like a one-two it's like a one-two punch that's not super helpful. Yeah, it's like already a time of year when people are starting to be like, oh man, and then it's like <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you know Genuinely shocking and horrifying every time this, this time of year when it's like, oh, no more sun for you in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> you start getting sleepy at 4 p.m. And yeah. you're like, oh, no, wait a minute. There's a, there's a long time to go before bedtime. <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by Teamistry, a podcast that tells the stories of teams who work together in new and unexpected ways to achieve remarkable things. Every episode of Teamistry tells a story. And in each of these stories, you're going to find practical lessons for your team and your business. This season, the show travels deep into underwater caves with Northern Thailand to discover how divers, medics, soldiers, and volunteers freed a group of trapped teenagers. It explains how a world-renowned watch company pitted their two factories against each other in an attempt to become the best watchmaker in the world, and also finds out how Iceland went from having one of the highest COVID-19 death rates in Scandinavia to discovering an interesting example of how to deal with the virus. You can discover stories that entertain that are packed with business cases you can actually use. Season 2 of Teamistry is out now, and it's hosted by award-winning documentary filmmaker Gabriella Copperthwaite, the director of Blackfish. I listened to an episode which is all about an application called Wildbook. This helps conservators and researchers keep track of wild animals like whale sharks and zebras using AI analysis of imagery 
So super fascinating stuff that is actually helping track these animals, which is great for conservation efforts and also for helping us understand a little bit more about the world around us. And teamistry really shows that teamwork comes in many, many forms. It's not just about office work by any stretch of the imagination, but no matter what type of project you're doing, whether it's working on a pitch or a proposal or trying to track whale sharks, the same kind of problems are the things that we all face. Stuff like dealing with team distribution, data management, communication, all of that stuff is explored in these episodes. So go search for Teamistry anywhere that you listen to podcasts so you can find the link in the show notes. Our thanks to Teamistry for their support of this show and Relay FM. Many Cortexans accurately recognized that your mysterious face mask from our last episode was the Tom Bin version 3 face mask. Yes, thank you to everyone for doing the the crowdsourcing on that one to mm-hmm. find out which mask was the one that I had ordered and then was not able to trace down like an idiot. Mm-hmm. So I was very glad to know which mask it is that I liked. And just around that time when I happened to go back and check because I also wanted to order more, I see that they have a they have another iteration of this mask which i have ordered uh, so i'm looking forward to yeah checking out the next version so i bought one of the ones you currently have the version three one mm-hmm. and i i don't i don't think i like it very much interesting why so there's a couple of reasons one the material is very stiff mm-hmm. and it feels like so i am I'm a little bit more intrigued about the new one that Tom Ben's making the version four because it's made of flannel, which I could imagine will be softer. Hmm. What I don't like is how fiddly the ear adjustment thing is. No, that's the best part of it. You no, I know that's why you like it, right? Like as soon as I put it on, I was like, oh, I know why Gray likes this, but I, I don't like it. So it's a cool feature in that it's very adjustable and it also has this like, string that goes around the back of your neck so you can take the mask off and it hangs in front of you. Mm-hmm. But I, I do not take my mask off when I'm out. When I, I put it on to go outside and I leave it on until I'm back inside again, which I know is a thing that not a lot of people do. Like if you're out in the street and there's no one around, would you keep the mask on? <laughs> if the street is empty and the mask is on, was the mask ever on at all? Yeah, um, no, no. Something I, like I'm, that. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on this one, though. Like when oh. I, if I put the mask on, I, I just tend to leave the mask on. Yeah, I, I just I don't tend on. to take it on and okay. off a bunch. So because I just figured you liked it because it had that feature. Because that seems like one of the main features of this mask is the fact that you could take it off and it will no, hang never, in front of you. I never use that. I literally never use that. That so I, don't I, really... I actually didn't even realize for a while that's what the extra string was for. I thought that right. that extra string was just a side effect of adjusting the fit on your ears. Yeah, you see, because what I don't like, I don't like the fiddliness, is that like every time I put this mask on, I have to readjust it. And that annoys me. That is every time. Like, it's always like off on one side. Yeah, but you're not, t- you're not putting it on and off a lot, right? That's the whole thing. You, you, you put it on, you cinch it, make it the right size so it fits on mm-hmm. your ears. It actually covers your whole face unlike all these masks for ants which barely cover your face at all and if you try yep. to talk. That is a good part of it. It's big. Yeah, it's nice and big. And the version 4 looks like it's even bigger. I'm very but happy. See, the thing for me though is when I go out, right, if I'm going to the studio, I am taking on and off the mask multiple times a day, right? Because I'll wear it to go to the studio. If I go out, 
from the studio, I'll put it on again. So like, it's just, I don't like that every time I put it on, even if it was just every day that I have to adjust it. It's not, that's not for me, Mm. I don't think. But I I do want to know what you think of the version 4 one, because the fabric does look really nice. So Yeah, no, it, it... it it looks good. It looks like it's a big mask that actually covers your whole face properly. Again, that that's just my main thing. Is that all all the other masks? I just I felt like they were constantly falling off my face or not really not really covering me. So that's that's the main thing with this, and and is also why I'm very glad that the Cortexans figured out which mask I bought so that I could buy some more. But yeah, I'm very happy with it. And they're also talking in the version four one about doing more for glasses fogging. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is always an annoyance for me. Wait, do your actual glasses fog? Or do you mean sunglasses? No, my glasses. Huh. How does that happen? What do you mean? It's weird. Why? (laughs) Why is this weird? (laughs) I only have this problem if I'm wearing sunglasses. Right, that's because your glasses, your glasses glasses are smaller than mine. Are they? I guess they are. I have large I really glasses, right? So, like, they will be more, I guess, similar in shape to your sunglasses. Hmm. How are they trying to solve this, the, the glasses fogging problem? I don't know. Which is technology. Which is probably one of the biggest unexpected problems facing the world in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, glasses fogging when you wear masks suddenly is like on the top 10 list of problems that civilization is trying to deal with. Like, no one would have predicted that a year ago. <laughs> oh, they're doing something with the nose bridge, hmm. which apparently is better, that there's no seam in it in the actual bridge of the nose, which I say. But I don't know. I, I, at this point, though, I've tried multiple face masks that tell me that they're, they're, they won't fog my glasses, and they all do. And they all do. Mm. Yeah. But I think I've found my favorites. Okay. Anyway, What's your favorite? So, well, one is a follow-up. The Atoms masks came, and I really like those. As like I like those more than the Adidas ones. Okay. Um, for, so for that type of mask, that like the spongy material, whoever you would call it, I like that a lot. But Adina was looking in Witch Magazine. If you don't know what Witch is, I think there's a thing in America called Consumer Reports. I was like, you said Witch in a way that felt like I should know what it is. You know what Witch Magazine is. We've had this conversation before, haven't we? If we have, I totally don't remember. It's like the old school wire cutter, right? Um, We did have this conversation. Okay. And she found these masks by a company called... I don't know, it's NEQI, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they're available in a bunch of like supermarkets and stuff here. They're just fantastic. Mm. They're so good. They're big. They're like one of the bigger masks that I've found covers my whole like face, including my beard. Um, mm. The material is thick, but really breathable. And mm. they're just very, very comfortable. And these are easily my favorites. Um, and there's like, here they're 15 pounds for three of them which also felt pretty good compared to some of the other prices that i've paid for decent face masks so Mm. as a long as like i figure this is going to keep coming up but these are currently my favorites yeah no i'll I'll give them a try i'll i'll I'll, uh just see what they're like even if you had them as like emergency masks you know like oh i've run out and i need time because there's you know they're they're pretty i think they're pretty good value yeah the the only thing that i would dock the Tom Bin masks for is that I do feel like they're not the most breathable mask. Every once in a while, I do I do feel a little bit like, oh, I hope I don't asphyxiate to death while wearing this mask and walking briskly. That that's what I meant about like the thickness or like mm-hmm. the rigidness of the material, 
which is why I liked the the Adidas ones and the Athens ones because they were very breathable. And I know mm. that there is like a prob like when you think about breathable and what the masks are for, like I get the weird like <laughs> oxymoron in there, but nevertheless, I'd still you know. Um, but the <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, but nevertheless, this is this is something that we need to solve. Yeah, right. Like yes. A mask that was perfectly sculpted to your face and made out of lead would guarantee <laughs> that no germ particles got through. But that's not the only thing that we're trying to optimize for here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like these ones. Uh, I recommend you try them because they're very available here in the UK. So you, I recommend you try them. Okay, I'll give them a try. Thank you. We just, we just keep doing this forever. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, we'll know when the coronavirus is over because there's never any more mask recommendations on the show. That's when we'll know it's done. Interesting. I still feel like I'm going to be a relatively frequent mask person. You you think it's going to stick around? I don't know if it's going to stick around, but I think it's going to stick around for Mike Hurley. Hmm. Hmm. I hope there are many people like you, Mike. I don't think there's a lot of downside. Yeah, yeah. And there's only upside. Get sick less. Awesome, all right. Like, and I like wearing them. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, like, for tr- if I'm traveling especially, I'll wear them. You know, like, if I'm just popping to Tesco's in the future, I probably won't. But mm-hmm. if I'm going somewhere for a while and I know I'm going to be interacting with a bunch of people in confined spaces... Like I, I don't see there being any harm in it at all. Like, and it's you know I know I understand some people do find it uncomfortable or would prefer to not wear them, but I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. I I hope there are enough people who are like you because I I, I agree. I would I would like to do this, but I, I I do think that there there becomes just social awkwardness and difficulty if the number of people who wear masks drops below a certain percentage of the population, right? Like when, if I'm going to an airport in the future, if 5% of the people there are wearing masks, great, then there's no problem. But if you're the only person who wants to wear a mask in an airport, I think it just becomes weird and you just draw a lot of attention to yourself <sighs> and social awkwardness and right. It's, it's not, good yeah, so maybe. I'm, I'm hoping like it doesn't drop below five percent let's say of it's unusual but not remarkable is is the the optimal level that i'd kind of want to hit with this but i i don't have a lot of um i don't have a lot of faith in masks sticking around unless clothing manufacturing companies can convince everyone that this is just a new piece of fashion that everyone needs to have yes. and so they can keep selling them yes. like maybe that'll work yes. <laughs> also like when i have a mask that i like i think they look cool like I, you know i i see it as like yeah this is i think this is fashionable hmm. and so i can imagine that being an accessory for people for i while. can't i can't get on board with that I mean, human fashions are weird, mm-hmm. but I don't know. <laughs> I have a hard time imagining the masks sticking around as a fashion item. Man, that's just, you know, every now and then you get prime gray quotes. Yeah. Human fashions are weird. Definitely one of them. But they are weird. I don't disagree. But I would not phrase it that way. Human fashions. Speaking of which, 
Cortexmerch.com. Cortexmerch.com. Human fashions for sale. Human fashions <laughs> on sale now. Uh, my <laughs> Genuinely, my favorite thing that we have produced in the clothing realm has been the subtlety, which if you are new or you are uh, forgotten, is a t-shirt, a very, very lovely t-shirt with a tasteful, classy, embroidered Cortex logo on it. And I think it looks really great, looks great in any situation, and it's an item of clothing that I wear frequently. I have been wearing the sweater version, which we debuted later on, very frequently mm-hmm. recently, actually, uh, and something that I would wear most days while at Mega Studio is the subtle sweater. And I thought to myself, we've only ever done this in blue. It looks like I wear the same sweater every day, even though right. I own like five of them. <laughs> and I thought to myself, why haven't we done more colors? So, more colors! <laughs> uh, you can now buy at cortexmerch.com the subtle tee and subtle sweater in the traditional blue, but now a black option and a red slash burgundy option, depending on whether you go for the t-shirt or the sweater itself. Uh, the embroidery is blue on all of them, and we worked with our friends at Cotton Bureau on choosing very particular colors that we thought the blue stitching uh, looked tasteful on, and I think we've done it. And I am really excited to order a bunch more sweaters in a bunch more colors. Um, so yeah, go check it out right now at cortexmerch.com. Oh, also, uh, there's still the last stock of version one of the Theme System Journal on sale at $15.00. Uh, we do not have many left now, but there are still some there. So if you want to pick one up along with a subtle tea or subtle sweater, you can do that. There's not many left. And once they're gone, they are gone. And that version is never coming back. So if you still want to pick one up at a good deal, you can do that. Cortexmerch.com. <laughs> I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm not sure if you're going to do the dot com now, hmm. Mike. Like, so I, don't, I, left I don't know that how one that works. Particularly long to throw you off. Oh, and, okay. And I came in just at the right moment. Which I'm pleased <laughs> okay. About. You just wanted to cut me off. That's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mission accomplished. As I was getting ready for the show today, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, this isn't an episode out of time. No. Why would you think it was? But we are recording it at such a point that it kind of feels like it. Why? I don't understand that at all. So as we are recording this episode, my iPhone is due to arrive tomorrow. Oh. We will not release the episode until next week. Okay. When there's also going to be new Macs, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and we are in between them being announced and released. and our next couple of episodes are going to be special episodes so Uh, can't really follow up on these products I don't think in the main show at least maybe we'll talk about them a little bit in more text I'm not promising that but it's, it's possible so I figured I wanted to touch on both new iPhones and new Macs just to see if you've made decisions and get your opinions but see what Mm. I mean it feels weird because it's like if we did it on the next episode, if we were making purchases, we'd have all the stuff. But Right, but our next two episodes are blocked out. Yep. It's not going to happen. Not going to okay. happen. Okay, I, I see what you mean, yeah. So it's like this weird, I want to just talk about them for a little bit, but it has got this kind of weird feeling of like it's 
probably the worst time to talk about these things. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more like an episode before time. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's the episode that time forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so did you order an iPhone? Mike, I believe last time I discussed the loop that I was stuck in. Mm-hmm. Where I was going round and round and round and round. And I thought perhaps discussing that conundrum on the show might help. You know how you know how sometimes when you're thinking about something, it really helps to say it out loud to another person and you can come to this realization of like, oh, while I'm explaining this to someone else, the decision becomes obvious. But this decision did not become obvious when mm. I was talking about it last time on Cortex. And I saw there were many comments along the same lines in the Reddit after the show, which I knew were inevitably coming, where people are like, oh, but doesn't Gray know that one phone is none phone? Why not get both phones? Oh, God. Right? <laughs> and while I, I did appreciate the, the spirit in which those comments were made, I feel like they don't get to the heart of the actual problem, which is... Yes, that is a fun idea, but it's a fun idea that just introduces way more problems than it's worth. You don't want to have to be deciding which phone are you taking out for the day. Like, what a nightmarish way to live your life. Yeah, the multi-phone lifestyle, I feel like it adds a lot more complications than multi-iPad does. Yeah, it's not helpful in most scenarios. And it's particularly not helpful... If one of the primary differences between the phones is that there's there's a camera difference, so that what you're actually having to make a decision about is, oh, I'm going out for the day. Will I want to take photos on this outing? Like, well, I don't know, because I can't see into the future. I don't know if something really interesting is going to happen, and then I want the better camera, right? What a, mm. what a nightmare. Like, you can only then introduce the possibility of regret every day that you step mm. outside your house if you take the, the quote, wrong phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just wanted to address the many, many comments where people are like, Gray's going to get two phones. No, he won't. He's not going to get two phones. But yes, I, I spent literally days continuing to cycle around and it's just very unlike me. I can, I can usually break out of these, these little loops, but I was completely unable to do it. But eventually, eventually I settled on ordering a phone and I ordered the big phone. Oh, I ordered the max. Okay. What now? What do you think about this, Mike? Do you think that was the correct decision? Or do you think that was not the correct decision? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we were, th- you know, we were we were thinking, oh, okay, the new it has a new camera. The camera is better, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was the reason to get the phone. Mm-hmm. Now the reviews of the phone, by and large, are saying, yeah, the camera is better, but it is not dramatically better mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like there are improvements for sure especially in low light scenarios all stuff that makes sense and that you know the idea if you want to have the best camera this is the one because it mm-hmm. is a little bit better if you were basing your decision and you were like ah, oh, I'm not sure if I want the big phone but I do want the best camera I think this is a little bit trickier. But if you're mm-hmm. like me, where it's like, I'm always getting the big phone, 
then it's great. I have a bonus. The camera's a little bit better, right? Exactly. <laughs> but if you were basing your decision on I'm getting the big phone, it's a little trickier when the camera is not 87% better when the sensor's 87% bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, like, I'm always going to want big phone, big phone, big screen, bigger screen, beautiful phone, big mm-hmm. camera, good camera. <laughs> 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 That was fantastic. That was like iPhone slam poetry review. That's what you just did there. (laughs) Big screen, big phone, better phone. (laughs) Then you take a drag on your cigarette. And then a bongo. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know for you. I I really don't know. I don't know for me either. And and yeah, so I ordered it because I thought my, my reasoning was I need to know, right? So I'll just put in the I'll put in the order for the big phone. Okay. But yes, the the initial reviews have come out and people are saying that the camera is better. It's not significantly better. The one thing that I'm I'm still waiting for, I just haven't seen enough reviews of it yet is most people are talking about photos. And it's like, yeah, I do care about photos, but I'm actually way more concerned about the video quality and I haven't seen a lot of great reviews comparing the video quality of, of one to the other. So that that's still a little bit of an open question. But I figured I'll try the big phone because then if I decide that I don't want it and I return it, at least I will have the, the, the assurance of knowing. It feels like it would be an easier decision to leave the big phone than leave the small phone. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I think, yeah, trying to, what you're trying to do is like minimize future regret, right? Whereas if I buy the medium phone straight away, you're basically guaranteeing that there's always going to be a small amount of, but what if regret? So I'm trying to, I'm trying to minimize that. But I was so uncertain and so frustrated that what I've, what I've actually done is I had an old iPhone X Max lying around the house and I downgraded my current phone to that phone to try to pre-get used to the big size. Mm, warming up. Yeah, that's exactly it. I figured here's here's what I want to do. I want when the phone does arrive, I'm not completely shocked by how large it is. It can just be Oh, it's it's a tiny bit larger than the phone that I'm currently using, and it has the nice flat right. sides. And I'm not doing I'm not doing this now to try and be like, oh, you can't get it right. But I'm just asking you. You you're using a 10s Max, not a 10, right? Uh, I don't know. Well, because the 10s Max is bigger than the 10. Because you said X Max, which didn't exist, so it was one size at a 10. The 10s had I'd two look. sizes. <sighs> God damn it. I don't look who can remember. I don't I can't well, it's remember. It's just because the reason Here's, I want to know is because if you're using a 10, if you are using a 10, which I don't <laughs> think you are, but if you are, it's going to be a massive jump up to the 12 Pro Max in size. No, I mean, look, it's a it's a phone with a notch that's big. That's what I'm using. It's OK. I'm it's, sure, what, then you, I'm, there... yeah, I'm pretty confident in using a 10 Max and I'm really not trying to be like, oh, great, can't get the names right. It's, I just wanted to like, because if if you're setting yourself up with a 10, it's still not good enough. You know, <laughs> what do you th- what do you think I've done over here, Mike? Like I, I loaded my phone onto my old mini and I thought that it was the big one. Like, what do you think I'm, no, you think no, I'm doing? No. It's just the 10, the 10 was bigger, but it's not. Was it? Max kind of sizes. That's like regular 12 size. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know okay well here i know that i wasn't that far off because i loaded my phone onto an old big one to try to get used to it and then apple in in their annoying benevolence that to deal with their own logistics problems uh did send me the case that i ordered for the phone three weeks ahead of whenever i'm going to get the ah, actual phone yeah yeah i have mine here too so the case has arrived and the case is not that much bigger than right. the actual phone that i'm using how big is the camera cut out? The camera cut out is enormous. It's uh, ginormous. It's, it's huge. <laughs> I it's put my current big. phone in it and I was like, oh my God, it's like twice the size. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a very big camera cut out, which also there, there is a little part of me which is just wondering if some of the initial reviews that the photos aren't that much better. The fact that the camera cut out is significantly bigger it makes me wonder if they're just some software tweaks that are coming down the line that haven't been implemented yet like who knows i just i find it weird that it's like oh if the camera the the photos don't seem obviously better but they they did go to the trouble of manufacturing a physical larger camera casing which i just wasn't expecting I don't know. I just find I find that interesting. Yeah, all of like the stuff, everything's bigger. That's the thing, right? Like yeah. the lenses are bigger, the sensor's bigger, like everything's bigger. And this was mm -hmm. something that kind of didn't come across yes. until reviewers started getting the the devices. I mean, and there are so there are like interesting quirks, right? Where like night mode comes on less often. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like little things like that where it's like, hmm, okay, this is interesting. And I'm keen to see when Apple uh, creates their RAW format, and when that when that comes out to the world, the Pro RAW thing, right? What are the differences like there, if any? Like you know, I'm just I'm keen, you know, but like for me, I want the best camera. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I want. It's my camera, um, and so I will happily keep with the with the phone that I like for that camera anyway, right? But yeah, yeah, and and you are also lucky because since you also just had the assurance of your decision you were able to place an order at a reasonable time and so you're getting your phone tomorrow yeah. whereas my my indecision cost me weeks of shipping deadlines <laughs> oh, so maybe this was the best time to talk about it because maybe we'll talk about the phone when you get yours next in 2021 <laughs> yeah it, it may well be that we can record two more episodes of cortex before i actually get the phone because mm. i was because i was just going back and forth oh big phone little phone medium phone hmm and an endless circle <laughs> so i'm happy you're getting your phone tomorrow i'll be very curious to see what you think of it yeah that that mini seems really mini too many for me obviously but well yeah mini. no you're, you're you're a big phone boy this episode of cortex is brought to you by squarespace make your next move for squarespace because they will let you easily create the website that you've been looking for to show off your next idea. They give you all of the tools that you're going to need in one place. It is the all-in-one platform that will help you put your project online. There's nothing to install, nothing to upgrade, nothing to patch. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace have got you covered. And if you do need help, they have an award-winning 24-7 customer support team standing by to assist you. They have beautiful templates that you can take advantage of that you can customize to your heart's content. And they also give you the ability to register a domain name right there super easy i have been building websites on squarespace for over a decade now because when i want to put something online i want it done easily for example the theme system website i think it looks fantastic i had an idea in my mind of how i wanted it to look like i went to squarespace set it up 
and I could make it happen. That's what I love about Squarespace. I can take my ideas, I can take the things that I want to project onto the web and put them there without hassle. Whether you want to create a blog, a portfolio, an online store, they are the place for you. Go to squarespace.com cortex right now and you can sign up for a trial with no credit card required. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you'll get 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain and support this show when you use the offer code cortex at checkout. So that is squarespace.com cortex and the code cortex for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So we just had the M1, the Apple Silicon announcement. New MacBook right. Air, new MacBook Pro, new Mac Mini. Yes. What do you think of this? Did you watch the event? Even though you, you were very good, Mike, and you reminded me, I completely forgot about the event uh, mm-hmm. until the next day. I'm, so, I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize to me. It's fine. <laughs> I, just, I just felt like you, you, were being, you were being diligent to be like, don't forget, there's an Apple event. And I was like, oh, don't worry. I remember. And then I forgot. Mm-hmm. So I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the actual thing. I intended to watch it. But of course, once it had broadcast as usual, I was like, oh, I just want to see like, what are the actual products. Yeah. And it's just an odd lineup of products and so i ended up just trying to find out some some more details about it and quickly came to the conclusion that like i don't actually need to watch this event because i don't think there's more information in here than i'm i'm finding about these macs mm-hmm. so i'm i'm coming at it from a slightly odd perspective weird. but okay, a very weird perspective but yes well um, what i mean is what i mean is like when i was googling around i'm quickly seeing like oh okay here are the bezos charts that people who were trying to find out more information were screenshotting and being yeah. like what the hell does this mean and it's like okay if this is the best people can do if i watch it i'm not going to figure out more stuff unlike the iphone event where it's like i want to hear very carefully what they're saying about the cameras uh, you know so it was just a different kind yeah, of yeah i can understand that to a point and and I think a lot of the really interesting stuff about these products is once they start landing in people's hands and seeing what people can actually do with them. Yeah. So I don't know. My, my initial impression is they seem like very much like transition machines. Yeah. I mean, would yeah. would you agree with that? Like, well, they definitely are because they are. They look exactly the same. As the products they replace, they just have some changes to the internals. Any Mm -hmm. Apple historian will tell you this is exactly what they did when they moved to Intel. Like the first round of products were just the same product that Mm -hmm. they were already selling of a new chip inside of it. And it is most likely that the next set of Macs, which will come out maybe sometime in the spring, will be the first to look any different. So yeah. like the iMac, for example, is is very, very likely to be the first Mac to get a new design. Mm-hmm. And that computer will not have an M1 in it. I'm I'm almost convinced of that. You mean that you think it will have a different Apple produced chip? Yes. It oh. will have either something maybe an M2 or an M1X or something like that. And there are various interesting reasons why that would be the case. And once you start understanding these reasons and getting to talk to people, I mean, I've had the chance to interview some executives at Apple again, people that worked on these chips. It's when when we release this, so I have an interview coming out tomorrow, so Tuesday on a show called Upgrade. 
I'll put a link in the show notes if people want to check it out. Basically, the M1 chip fits in these three products, which is why we have them, because they have the M1 chip has some limitations to it. Mm-hmm. But these limitations are perfect for the MacBook Air, the entry Mac Mini, and the entry MacBook Pro. Mm. And these limitations seem to be they can have two USB 4 ports. USB 4, by the way, includes Thunderbolt. This really mm. took me a while to get my head around this. It's the same connector, but it's USB 4 slash Thunderbolt because USB f- the USB 4 spec includes everything Thunderbolt could do, which does right. mean, Gray, that as we move to USB 4, things will uh-huh. become easier because you won't have to decide if it's USB-C or Thunderbolt anymore. Right. Because Great. if it's USB 4, it can do all of it. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. We had we had too many standards now, but don't worry. The new standard will unify all the old standards. And I'm sure USB 5 will add some new capabilities <laughs> for you down the line. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is maximum 16 gigabytes of what is now called unified memory. Mm. But that is RAM. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting to hear you say that. And you got this from the interview that you did on Upgrade? Is that what you're saying? That that's where this is coming from? Some of this information came from the interview. Mm-hmm. Some information is gleaned and some comes from other places. Right. Some, some comes from other places. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, that, that, makes, that makes perfect sense then. Because looking at this, I think the, the reason why it strikes me as just a bit, uh-huh, is, the, is that fact that, you know, the 13-inch laptop is the laptop that I'm always the most interested in. Like, that's, that's the one that I want. Mm-hmm. And they always have had sort of two tiers of the yes. 13 inch. Yes. And it's it's just quite striking that they only updated the low tier of the 13 inch. Yep. Because they and, couldn't yeah. put four Thunderbolt ports on in it. Right. Okay. That that makes sense. If there if they couldn't do four USB C four <laughs> no, slash no, 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 Thunderbolt no. Just ports USB four. They don't have to say C because now you're confusing it. But yes, sure. <laughs> but this is why you can still buy the Intel MacBook Pro. Right. Right. right? Okay. That's interesting. So you can still buy the Intel MacBook Pro. You can still buy the Intel Mac Mini. You cannot buy an Intel MacBook Air because the M1 has been able to completely replace all of the functionality of the MacBook Air line. Right. Okay. 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 Because you couldn't get more than two ports on a MacBook Air. I mean, the one thing that it has lost out is I think you could do more than 16 gigabytes of RAM. Yeah. But I'm really interested to see. So one of the things I'm still struggling to get my head around is this idea of unified system memory. Because it's, it's quite complicated, but it's we don't really think about RAM in the same way anymore because this memory pool can be used by the CPU and by graphics, right? It's all the Mm -hmm. same. Nothing has to be copied and passed through the system. It's just all there to be taken from, which Mm -hmm. apparently gives you lots of efficiency gains. This is the thing that I'm really intrigued about is like the 16 gigabytes of unified memory feel like 16 gigabytes of RAM. Or does it feel like something else? And that's what I'm really intrigued to try out. Yeah. And I, I, the, from my initial reading around, this, this is one thing I, I thought straight away is I will totally give Apple the benefit of the doubt on this one. Yes. That the, that the 16 gigs of RAM perfectly makes sense. Because when I first saw it was a limitation, I was like, what the hell? 16 gigs? Like, you got to be crazy. Yeah. But then when I was like, wait, oh, they built it into the CPU? It's like, oh, okay. This yeah. is a very Apple thing to do. And 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 I know like a lot of nerds go crazy 
because Apple doesn't like to talk about specs. Mm-hmm. But this is one area where Apple has a lot of crazy advantages in making the parts of their system work together so that the mm-hmm. specs are less relevant. Mm-hmm. And like this, I, I will totally give them credit here. And it's for me, the, the thing about the, these machines that I'm most curious about and, and um, like just this morning, it seems like some of the, the benchmarks are coming out, which we can talk about in a second, but they shouldn't, but they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, this, yeah, this is the, uh, whatever that website is where Key they're bench. like, Oh yes. Thank you. Where we, we can see people are benchmarking their machines on our mm-hmm. website mm-hmm. and we didn't sign any non-disclosure agreement. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I'm really interested in t- to see like once the embargoes lift or once people start testing stuff is so just like with the phone, my only concern each year is, is the camera better? I have a similar thing with, the computers and in particular with the laptops, which is I want to know about final cut performance. Like this is the only piece of information that I'm interested in about your new machines. And this is one of these cases where I just think specs don't actually tell you anything. Mm -hmm. And it's why when we were talking about the Mac pro, when it came out a couple years ago, I was like, Apple is totally gunning for being the company that supplies all of the solutions for the entertainment industry as a whole. And it was because like, oh, in that Mac Pro, they built in like special graphics cards that only handle rendering Final Cut files. And it's like, whoa, okay. You know, that's a huge deal. And so I just, I look at this computer and I, I think Final Cut is one of those products where it's like, okay, Apple makes the product itself. I think this is an area that they care a lot about. Mm -hmm. They're also making the silicon chips that Final Cut is running on, on the laptop. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel like whatever benchmarks are saying, I want to see like, how does Final Cut perform? And it's it's one of these areas where I think they might have a lot more gains than it than it seems like just by looking at the raw numbers. Mm-hmm. And I do think people who are freaking out about small amounts of RAM are like, I don't know, I'm going to give Apple the benefit of the doubt on this one with their chip and the integration. Like, I think the integration counts for a lot more than than people yeah. think it does. But, you know, I, I don't know. We're, we're again, we're talking at a really undeterminate time right now. Yeah. But. Um, I can't wait to see people testing these new chips with Final Cut render and like at processing time. That's the stuff I'm more interested about than the raw numbers that Geekbench produces. But I, yeah. they are still interesting for context because they're so weird. And we'll touch on them in a second. But during mm. the presentation, Apple did call out faster render times in Final Cut. Oh, interesting. I mean, they the comparison that they did is that it was six times faster. But this, you know, they were doing it on a very specifically spec Mac Mini is the mm-hmm. the small print to it. But I would expect that you would see better performance. I I am I would be very confident to put some money down that you would see better performance on a MacBook Air with an M1 chip in Final Cut than you get on your. Do you have a 16 inch MacBook Pro? Uh yeah, that's probably my fastest laptop. Yeah, yeah, and I I bet you'll get better performance because the MacBook Air in Geekbench scores higher than the 16 inch MacBook Pro. Okay, now wait, when you say the MacBook Air, 
is that because the benchmarks have leaked out for the MacBook Air as opposed to the 13 Pro? Or are we just saying like this is the same CPU and so you're using it interchangeably? They've leaked out for everything, mm-hmm. um, but they're very similar, the mm-hmm. Geekbench scores. There's a good reason for that because you know, the MacBook Pro and the Mac Mini have fans in them. So right, when you're right. doing things like rendering, they are going to be better over that sustained period of time because the thermal throttling won't kick in yeah, if there's going to be any. And right now we don't know what that's like with Geekbench won't give you those kinds of results. I bring up the MacBook Air just because it's funny to say. Oh, okay. It's, it's funny to say. Yeah, no, the, the MacBook Air is not a great machine to always do renderings. No, and they took the fan out of this one, Gray. I don't know if you knew that. Okay, interesting. No, I didn't yeah. know that. Because they, they, they don't need it, which makes sense, right? Like, mm. the fan isn't needed anymore because this thing is so efficient. Mm. So they've taken it out, and now it's silent. And then it also gives them a point of contention between the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, because otherwise, in many ways, they are functionally the same now. So yeah, you put a fan and, yeah. in it, and it will sustain a tough workload for longer. Yeah, sustainability totally matters. Like I've, yeah. I've, I've definitely tried to render stuff on low end laptops, and like you start to see the battery drain yeah. because like you can't even pull power fast. That enough. was, was always like... the thing with the MacBook, right? You try and render <laughs> yeah. something on Final Cut, and, and not even plugged in, it would keep its its charge. Yeah, just like uh oh, which is going to run out first? Like, am I going to get to the end of this render, or is this battery going to r- yeah. drop to nothing? But um, it's interesting because even if they said, if they say on stage, oh, render times are six times faster, and then the reality for my particular situation is, oh, it's only twice as fast. It's like twice as fast totally matters. Like I have, I have had even, even this is just just like a dumb example, but just for the little Halloween stories that I read, like I really wanted to upload them on Halloween, mm-hmm. and I had to re-render them a couple times for reasons that don't matter and i just made it within 30 minutes of the end of halloween by the end of the day and it's like those render times really matter sometimes when like you want to upload something on a particular day and like twice as fast is a no-brainer business decision to be like worth it sold Mm -hmm. so that's that's very interesting to hear yeah so you know like how high these machines end up being for like processor single core stuff Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting, you know, and if it is the highest or if it's way up there, it's that's great. I mean, but there's more to the story than that, right? But the mm. reason people are mentioning this is even a thing of like, oh, you know, if you take all of Apple's computers, the MacBook Air is only lower in benchmarks than like the, the iMac Pro and the Mac Pro are the only thing sitting above it. Right. It's bananas, right? This is the entry level laptop. That is crazy. That is really crazy. Right? And so, like, the reason people are pointing out, the reason we're talking about it, like, I never talk about Geekbench scores because they don't really mean anything to me. Mm -hmm. But I will talk about them if they're interesting anomalies, and this is that, right? And I think what it says is the future of the Mac platform is very different now to what we have seen in the past where it is conceivable that Apple will be producing the most powerful computers within this two-year time frame. Yeah. And that is really weird to think about. Like, what is the Mac Pro going to be capable of when they move it to this this architecture? Yeah, I, I am extraordinarily happy that Apple's doing their own silicon stuff. And it does feel like... You know, you you had your year of positivity, you know, when we, when everyone was really grumpy about everything mm-hmm. that was going on, particularly in Macland. 
And it does feel like there there was this time when we were walking through the valley of the shadow of death for Mac. And mm-hmm. we've we've been out of there for a little while. The transition to Apple Silicon really feels like, ah, now I have the rod and the staff for like the future of what this is going to be. Yep. And it it is it is really interesting to see where this goes. This machine costs nine hundred and ninety nine dollars, right? <laughs> yeah, it's and it's and it will outperform a machine that starts at two thousand four hundred dollars. Right, right. That's quite a thing. You know, the, the the Mac Pro is not a machine for me for a bunch of reasons. Like, I, I'm not interested in it. But like, goddamn, am I going to be interested to see when they finally revise that thing for mm-hmm. their own silicon chips, like? What what kind of crazy cray supercomputer are they going to be selling? Uh, it, it's it's going to be really interesting to get there. There is a rumor that they are working on a smaller Mac Pro hmm. as potentially a secondary machine in that line. Hmm, like a like a little like a little trash can sized cylinder, like that sort of that sort of smaller. I would expect it would look like the current one, but smaller. Hmm. Mm. And that seems like a fascinating computer, right? Mm. Yeah, but maybe. I yeah, I have no idea what what this architecture is going to scale up to, or how they're going to produce a des- the, the desktop machines, like what they're mm-hmm. going to be capable of. But what they have shown so far is an in- is an incredibly intriguing start. So, are you going to get one? I have ordered a MacBook Pro. Yeah. Okay, so you you ordered the 13-inch MacBook Pro? Yeah. What did you... Did you fully spec it out? What did you do? Well, there isn't really much you could do to fully spec them out these days. I did go with 16 gigabytes of RAM and a terabyte of storage. Okay. I think the Mm. most more I could do was just go to two terabytes of storage. There isn't really... When it comes to specking them out now, there's not much you can do. <laughs> I haven't looked at the configurator, so okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> you can choose 16 gigabytes of RAM, or there are four storage options. That's it. That's what you can do now. Oh, okay, right. Well, Apple's really getting in their efficiencies then with the num- total number of SKUs that they can produce. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, what, like, what do you think the role is for that machine for you? Like, what do you, where do, you, where do you see it fitting in, and like the ecosystem of products that you use? If you remember, when I was setting up Mega Studio, mm-hmm. the plan was always to record from a laptop, and that it would be the same laptop that I would take with me when traveling. Like that was the original idea. Okay, that is what I expect this machine will be for. But for mm. the time being, like when I go back to the studio, it will be the machine that I use for recording and editing. In theory, I do not want to record on Big Sur right now. Mm -hmm. so i'm happy to actually have this time period where i will use it right as my kind of my my main mac i i want to try it for editing just because that's where the power is but i don't want to trust it to recording because as well a lot of the software that i do use for recording has been shaky during the betas and is now like they're like it's good but we wouldn't even they're saying like we wouldn't trust everything to this because mm. Big Sur changed a bunch of stuff, right? So I will use Logic. And so my plan right now is is I will, even uh, while at home, while I want to be trying out this thing, is I will record my shows using my iMac Pro, but then move mm. over to the MacBook Pro to edit them so I can mm. see what that's all about. 
Um, okay. So that's that's kind of my feeling. And also, I will want to try this as like my main computer because I want to see what iOS apps on this thing are all about, right? Because that's what this will be able to do. It will be able to run iOS apps as well. I, I totally forgot about that whole right? integration. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm really keen of like, well, how close to only computer can this computer be for me? We'll right. find out. Right. Hmm. If you're worried about recording on Big Sur, you should get a, a splitter ah. and a lifter, and you can record to a Zoom F6 as well with more bits in the audio for you. Just, to, just that's, my, that's, my, uh, that's my pro tip to right. you. It's a good tip. As, as one audio pro to another, uh, that's my, that's my top, top tip recommendation for what you should do. Just make sure you get the levels right. You want to have those levels leveled. If the levels are not leveled, there's no point in levels. levels. <laughs> so you're telling me I shouldn't update my my recording with you, computer to Big Sur just yet, right? That's you would not recommend that. I'll prefer not. Okay, you let me know when I can do that. Then you 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 tell me, and I, I may or may not wait for your recommendation. But I'd still like to know when you give me the go ahead. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know how a VPN can protect your privacy and security online, but it can also take your TV watching to that next level by unlocking movies and shows that are available in other countries. ExpressVPN hides your IP address so you can control where you want sites to think that you're located, and then you can choose from almost 100 different countries, think of all of those Netflix libraries that you could go through. If you love anime, you can use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix, but it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, wherever you want. So if you are in America and you want to watch something from the UK, you can do that. But also if you are in another location, it will also work for you too. I have done this. Uh, we were away and trying to watch Shit's Creek, which is available on Netflix here in the UK. But the place where we were did not have it. It wasn't available on Netflix. We could fire up ExpressVPN, say that we're in the UK, and then Netflix thought that we were back home again. So we carry on watching the show that we wanted. This is super awesome. I really love this feature and I know that you're going to as well. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast, which you want when you're watching shows. No buffering, no lag, and you can stream in HD. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all of your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want wherever you want. If you go to expressvpn.com cortex, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So support this show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash cortex. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So on our next episode, I mean, we'd spoken about having the next two episodes pretty much locked out. Uh, we're going to mm -hmm. be doing our state of the apps for 2021. Mm -hmm. So that's just something for people to look out for and to look forward to. It's an episode that's going to take a lot of prep work between now and then. And the way that I'm going to prep is by listening to last year's. So, you know, I, I recommend any diehard Cortexans to do that along with me, I suppose. But um, that's how I, I like to prep that way. So I know exactly what I'm reflecting on from year over year. But I did yeah. think we would finish out today's episode with some Ask Cortex questions because we haven't done some Ooh, haven't done Ask Cortex. for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while for, since yeah. Ask Cortex. Let's see, what do, what do we have in our Ask Cortex list here on the shared documents? Hemi asks, do you strictly track your time during holiday or rest periods, particularly if you're away from home? No, no, I, I tend not to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't really, 
<laughs> I mean, it's sli- it's a slightly funny question because now I'm reaching back into the depths of my memory of like holidays away from home. Yes, yes. Now, I that did was add the, the phrase rest period <laughs> into this question. Well, but you are a all the time tracker, right? Where I am just a work tracker, but you are an all the time tracker. Right, so you're tracking everything. Yes, I, I mean this. This is the thing. Like, yeah, we we have this this difference here, but but again, like I think the key feature for for me for time tracking is not that I'm it's not that I'm tracking time all the time. It's that the time tracking is much more about mindfully using time, and so if it's a holiday, this is just a thing that I care way less about. Right, like it doesn't it doesn't really matter. In in the same way that like when a video goes up you know i almost always have to take a couple days off afterward because it's just totally exhausting and it's extremely unlikely that i'm even going to start a timer in those couple days off because it's like who cares it doesn't matter the like i'm just nothing nothing's happening here so so there is a limit there in in that sense you're not you don't just like because I know you have unintentional time, I think is a thing. That yes, you yes. So you wouldn't yes. just turn the unintentional timer on for three days then? No, because the, no, again, I feel like you never understand. The unintentional timer is very straightforward, but you feel like you don't understand it at all. If that's straightforward, <laughs> I would get it. <laughs> the unintentional timer, it, you know, again, the color of unintentionality is black. It's like a black stain on oh, the it's day. Oh, thing you don't want. You okay. don't want it. But you, so you don't have a rest timer then? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I did experiment for a little while with a timer that was just like free time, but I, I thought like, who cares? I don't care about this. This is also because I, I just don't tend to look back at the data. The, the feeling is more like, hmm. you know, oh, I uploaded a video yesterday. I know from long experience, I'm going to get absolutely nothing done today. I'm not even going to try. I just, I just need to be like, a sloth who's not accomplishing much and so then the whole idea of time tracking for that day just is completely irrelevant it doesn't matter you know holidays away from home it's it's always the same thing of like oh i'm I'm visiting family It, it very quickly devolves into a situation where it's like yes but if i'm actually just taking some days off this doesn't this doesn't matter if i'm trying to mix like work and a holiday then it's a slightly different thing because now i do want to be much more intentional about the time but you see that's different for me if i'm if i'm away if i'm traveling even if i'm Mm -hmm. on vacation i'm doing some work or if i'm on a work trip i stop tracking during that time wait a minute wait you track all of your work unless you're working on vacation that doesn't make any sense Makes perfect sense for me how does it i don't understand but you want to you want to time track your work why aren't you time tracking your work because it's not normal work. Oh, it's not okay. You only try and track normal work. Yeah, like because as well, like if I'm on if I'm on vacation, especially when I'm working, it is incredibly minimal. Like not even worth tracking it because it's like a couple of minutes here or there. Ah, uh, okay. If I'm not in my usual environment, I do not track my time because hmm. the variables hmm. are too strong for me. What do you mean by the variables? Well, like the the ways in which I'm working are so peculiar the the devices that i'm using the tools that i'm using the the reason that i'm working it's like it's it's all weird Hmm. you know like if i if i was on a work trip conversations are more like work than they would normally would be but i don't track those usually like there's a Hmm. it's just like a completely different mindset for me so i will just abandon it for that time period 
Okay, that that makes sense. I mean, this this also introduces the problem of I think I, I used to have this a little bit earlier when I was newer to time tracking, which I gave up very quickly. Is I was trying to track travel time. I thought this would be an I interesting category. Yeah, and and then but then you immediately run into the problem of like, oh, but wait a minute, travel time overlaps with a hundred other things, <laughs> right? It's like this is this is a very hard category of thing to even think about. And it's just like very quickly to totally got rid of the idea of tracking travel time as, as any kind of meaningful metric. This does actually lead into another question we got from Carter who asks, how do you track tasks that fall into two categories? Oh yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. don't do that is, is my suggestion. Um, it's, I mean, look, this, this is, uh, you know, this, this is the thing of folders versus tags, right? Yep. If, if, you, if you need something to exist in two places, this, this is why we have tags. But the problem with tags is you have to be very careful about your tagging system. And it's, it's very easy to run into weird situations that you haven't thought about. But I, I feel like there must be some kind of mathematical proof about information sorting that like there's only two solutions and it's called folders and tags of if you want things to exist in one place or another place yep. but i mean i think my my general advice would be just don't that th there's almost always a way to just track something as the one thing that you care about more maybe might be the way that I, I would put it. I would just say in most instances, surely something is predominant. Yeah. Right. If you're doing two things at once, surely you're doing one thing more than the other thing. Pick that thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're on an airplane and you're writing a script for a video. Primarily you're writing a script for a video and yeah. secondarily you're on an airplane. Yeah. Or I, I think like, Oh, I'm, I'm listening to an audio book and I'm also exercising. It's like, I should get the credit for the exercise, not the credit for the audiobook, right? That's that's sort of the way I think about it. But again, I I might not be the best person to ask for this because I just I do not care about the record of the time tracking. Mm -hmm. I I just care entirely about look at me, I'm pressing a button that says I'm exercising now. So, I better really exercise now. That's that's how the time tracking works for me. Fuzan asks, have either of you added more smart devices to your home since the pandemic started? I, I don't know about you, Mike. I find the whole smart home thing much more frustrating than it feels like it should be. Yes. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you agree with me on this? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've made it so much worse for myself. In, in <laughs> what do you mean? How, what, have you made it so much worse for yourself? Are you familiar with Homebridge? Vaguely. It is a service app thing. Oh, is it, oh, is this to get like non-HomeKit devices to talk to HomeKit? Is that yes. what this is? You can run this on a server or on a Raspberry Pi. Or oh, oh God. Raspberry okay. Pi. And it basically is community-driven where mm -hmm. a bunch of people write scripts Oh, God. You've, you've got so APIs many red flag words here, Mike. Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> uh, that you can then red flags everywhere. <laughs> trick HomeKit into seeing devices that do not natively support HomeKit. 
Oh, great. This sounds like it's perfect. <laughs> I know many people that run this at home. I would not mm-hmm. run it at home because I do- what I don't want at home is to be dealing with troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. But I am running it at the studio. Okay. And it's great when it works and it's terrible when it doesn't. Like what kind of stuff do you have on this? What are you talking about? So I have a Dyson fan. Okay. And I have a ring security system. Mm-hmm. And also the Elgato key lights for streaming, like streaming lights mm. for video. Those three products I have running through Homebridge, so I see them in HomeKit at the studio. Before I left, before I like locked up the studio last, the Homebridge stopped working, and I don't know why, which is the thing mm. I knew was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you are doing something that you shouldn't be doing with devices, any update to any of them will kill all of it. And I knew this was going to be a case, which is why I wouldn't do it at home. But I wanted to tinker with this. It just felt like a fun little project to like, if I have some time, I can play around with. But decided that like, I wouldn't buy any products with the intention that they would only be run this way. You know, like mm. the security system and the fan, they have their own apps and I use them through the own apps as well. But it's nice that I can also have them in the home app when it works and homebridge when it works is magical right because i get to see these things in HomeKit and i can set them up and use them perfectly and easily and it's great but when it doesn't work it's really annoying mm-hmm. i look forward to the future when all of these things will talk better together and there is like all of the ma- big technology companies have agreed that they will work to communicate with each other now. I don't know if you're aware of this. It's called the Connected Home Over IP Initiative or something. Yeah. So I look forward to that future. But yeah, I have added more HomeKit-like stuff as well. Like I bought like a smart switch, a HomeKit-enabled smart switch for some stuff at the studio. I've been tinkering around with it a little bit more as a project, but I've really wished that this stuff was just better than it is because there's so much promise to these types of things. Mm-hmm. But the idea of having to pick specific products so they work in the system you've chosen is really annoying. And yeah. I just want all of these things to work together. And I do hope that that is a thing that will happen. Yeah, 100% the promise of the smart home is not being delivered. Mm-hmm. And the flakiness is hugely frustrating of like devices appearing or disappearing on the network. You know, oh, lights are on the network half the time and then they're not on the network half the time and interoperability is really frustrating. Just it doesn't quite count as the pandemic, but just before the pandemic, we had to get the boiler replaced and for totally uninteresting reasons, it ended up that we needed to get a Google Nest device as the thermostat. And it's like, oh, God damn it. Like, here's a thing. It doesn't want to talk to anything else. It's got its it's got its own ideas of what the temperature should be. And it's like, I, I, I deeply resent this Google Nest in my house that's constantly fighting with me about what the temperature should be. Like, I just, yeah, just the home home automation stuff feels like it it needs a lot more time to be ironed out to not be frustrating and to work the way it feels like it should. How did I lose my mouse? Oh, there it is. Sorry. I lost it under uh, a little pile of cheese. <laughs> of course you would. Where else would the mouse go? 
<laughs> That's not even a joke. I've been I've been trying to quietly eat these baby bell cheeses and ah. uh I lost the mouse behind a little pile of the unwrapped baby bells. You haven't even noticed I've been eating them so quietly That's during good. the recording. I'm really happy I haven't heard you eating it like while we're talking because that is terrible. Yeah, I've been I've been sneaky. <laughs> Don't eat and record a podcast at the same time. No. Like I'm doing right now. Oh, stop it. I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> right? Like I'll bleep it. Like I'll just bleep you for like 20 seconds at a time. No one wants to hear you eat. You can put it in more text. It's like extra content for more text. Well, like you, you want people to pay to hear you eat. I don't know what people want. I don't think they want that. This isn't the best <laughs> way to sell our uh, longer and ad-free versions of Cortex that you can get at getmoretext.com where we do have better content than gray eating. I can promise you that. <laughs> I make no such promises. <laughs> no, I will promise it. I will promise it. The content is better and more engaging and interesting. The additional content that more Texans get by going to getmoretext.com and signing up for $5 a month, they get better content than listening to Great Eat. <laughs> There's a question here, which I'll answer because it ties back right to the very beginning when you were asking me about my office, okay. which is Justin asking... My desk is a rat's nest of cables and chargers for various devices. How do you keep your cables organized and presentable? Ooh. And the answer is, I don't, and I'm sad about it. Cable management is so goddamn hard to do, right? Yeah. I buy all this stuff, which is supposed to do it. It doesn't, And though. nothing ever works. It, no, it never works. The cables are everywhere all the time. The closest I come is just make all of the wires go off the back of the desk. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, when you introduce standing desk oh, in, into cable management, forget it. It's, it's awful. And I am genuinely constantly sad about it. Like, the, like even, even now, when I feel like, I'm about as good as I can possibly be. The number of wires mm -hmm. on my mm -hmm. desk now is is still way too many. It's like, oh, I've got these yep. XLR cables here. I've got the cable to, for the wireless charger for the phone. I've got a little cable for an LED light. There's the cable for the power for the computer. And yep. It's like, it's just so much. I, I got one of these... Um, a fantastic purchase i got one of those little things that keeps your coffee warm that's like a heated pad to put your coffee cup on which i really like you didn't get the mug right there's like a thing no 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 not the mug thing okay right? no, no. the mug thing i think is a is a total gimmick i just needed something where like the surface keeps warm it's basically just a cheat charger then <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly right? it's like, just a cheat charger it's, it's a just a really inefficient coffee. wireless charger yeah, it was like, I got one of those, but guess what? Whenever you're dealing with heat and electricity, you read a, need a really thick cable. And so it's like, okay, so I've got a thick cable from this thing. And then I've got also the controller that makes the standing desk go up and down, and that needs a wire. And it's like, mm -hmm. and all of these wires need to connect to something and also have enough slack for the desk to go up and down. And the real killer for me is, okay, this would be solvable, except for the fact that frequently enough something changes yeah and the moment you have one thing change if you've perfectly arranged all of your cables you have to start over yep. so the truth is under my desk in the back there's just a there is just a horrific apocalypse of cables and i just 
basically leave it as it is. Like the closest I come is with those little Velcro ties to just try to yep. shorten up the wire. Mm-hmm. But I like when I see those beautiful pictures of people in their cable management. I always feel like I wish I was a better person. <laughs> I can't. I could. No do work this. is done at those desks, Gray. <laughs> right? No. No work is done at the cable managed desks. Is that what you think? That is what I think. I, I would like to believe that, but I don't believe that. The cables have been managed to take the nice pictures, and then it's just disaster straight after. <laughs> okay, so you're you're in the same boat as me. Is is that what I you're tried. saying? I tried. I try mm. really hard. But all it is is just the same amount of cables. They just have Velcro ties on them now. Right. <laughs> I've added, if anything. Right. Yeah. I, I know, like, one of the ways that people say to do it is, like, you mount a surge protector to the desk and then you plug everything into that. And it's like, I get it. And I tried doing stuff like that. But then all it is is just lots of coils of cables. Like, yeah. You know? And I don't know if that's better. And then, yeah, I. D- I try so hard with it, and it just it never works. Yeah, the, the 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 one thing I will say that I've done that is I feel like is necessary, especially if you have a standing desk, is I searched around on Amazon forever to find one. I found one of these super long array of plugs. It was like twenty plugs in a row, like one of these extension cords. That's meant for like an industrial solution. It's like, okay, I'm going to measure the width of the desk and I'm going to find the longest one of these that I can. So mm-hmm. under my desk, I've got 20 plug spaces. And how did you attach it to the desk? So luckily, the one that I bought had metal on the end- edges that you could use a screwdriver to physically bolt it to the underside of the desk. Right. And I did that. And so I try to plug most things into there Mm -hmm. so it will go up and down you have to worry about something unplugging which i have had happen to me yeah so so that thing will go up and down and that carries a lot of the things that are plugged in but but this again is like anytime you're dealing with a real world situation it just gets too complicated too fast because oh i also have surge protectors and the uninterrupted power supply thing it's like yes But only so much power can be drawn on the battery backups that it's actually useful if the power goes out. And so it's like, oh, okay. So I can't run everything through this. And now, like, again, the system starts to fall apart very fast of you can't overload this one battery. And it's just, it's incredibly frustrating, but that has helped by bolting a million plugs onto the back of the desk. But again, you still run into this problem where like, the XLR cable that is built into the microphone stand, the the boom arm that I'm using, mm-hmm. it's like, but this XLR cable, I don't know why they gave me an XLR cable that's like 20 meters long. That's, that's the built-in one, right? And so now I've got just like a ton of extra wire. Where does this go? Well, I'll just throw it over the back of the desk like mm-hmm. all of it. So it's, you, I just find it's one of these things that you have to live with. The trying to make this perfect is way too much effort for not enough payoff, even though I am constantly sad. And I also just don't know if it's my office, but I am, every time I go under my desk, absolutely shocked at the sheer number of things that have to be plugged in. Like it just adds up 
so fast mm-hmm. the moment you're doing anything professionally. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. I mean, looking under my desk, it's awful. Right, but also, like, what's under there? Oh, there's time machine drives under there. There's a gigantic data storage machine under there. Like, you have additional stuff. Like, I've got an eGPU over here. You know, it's like way too many things. So, anyway, I'm always, I'm always sad. I'm glad to know that you're in the same boat, though. <laughs> I kind of expected that you'd have a really tidy setup over there. I tried. <laughs> then you gave up. I really have. And it, it, I keep trying, and it just doesn't. It just, I can't get it to work. It, one of the bigger problems for me is, like, I go, all right, I'll, when it's all set, I'll try to redo it all. But I feel like, as you say, like, things get added. Mm-hmm. And then I have to undo everything. In the sorts of professional setups that we have, the turnover of equipment is annoyingly high. Especially if you keep buying new things, huh, Gray? <laughs> you keep buying new field recorders. Yeah, for your XLR cable splitters, for yeah. sure. Or, or, or you, you know, your podcast co-host tells you you need to get a boom arm. You can't just use this standing desk. And so, great. Now I've got a 20-meter XLR cable that I didn't want to have before, but here it is. Well, the boom arm does have cable management built into it, which I do like. <laughs> Yeah, but not enough. Not enough on the back end. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, that's the answer to your question. No. No. <laughs> Sorry. Which I'm sure has made so many of you feel so much better. Yeah, I, I can I can feel all of the superior comments and photos of cable managed situations coming into the Reddit as we speak. Yeah, and I won't believe any of them. <laughs> uh, don't forget. Just for two weeks, you can get a subtle tea and subtle sweater at cortexmerch.com. These things are awesome, functional, and beautiful. Do not miss out. Cortexmerch.com. Well, that was a fast one. I, w- I wanted to jump in. I wasn't going to let you mess around with me this time. Ah, no, see, I was leaving that one open for you. I don't know anymore, Mike. <laughs>